wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast. Uh, I am Steve. With me, as always, is Fabs, Anthony Fabiano, and Chris. Chris Slocum, since we're going full names. We're going to get crazy. Let's get wild. Let's get let's get nasty. Let's get weird. Uh, we're going to prime the pump here on some potential trade deadline deals for your beloved Cleveland Indians today. So as we record this, the Indians are currently in the midst of a seven-game losing streak and are slowly falling out of the wild card race. Only five games behind. We'll see where that might stand after the weekend going into the All-Star break. But as of right now, the Indians, I would say, could very well be buyers. And even if they fall out of things to some extent, I think the Indians could still look to make some moves for players that they would control for multiple years because there are still young players out there Mm -hmm. You know, that I, or even veterans uh, who we'll get into that uh, I think would be actually worthwhile targets for the many reasons we've talked about in the past. Um, Specifically, you know, the 40 man roster crunch that they, that is impending. So without further ado, let's get into the fun stuff. Uh, I think the easiest way to go about it would be I'll start with you, Chris. What, what are the, what are like, what are like your your biggest wish list deals? What's the what's like the one that you really want them to do? If if it was so, a perfect scenario, so let's take a step back, set the table a bit. Given the teams that are out of contention right now, both in the wild card and in um, divisional play, by my count, I have. Just really quickly, Baltimore, uh, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota, Texas in the American League. Is anybody disagreeing with any of those? You guys no. want to? No. Okay. In the National League, I would say Miami, Pittsburgh, Colorado, and Arizona mm-hmm. with teams like. Atlanta and St. Louis kind of on the fringes. Fringes in the American League, I would have to probably say the Angels. Right. I'd probably lump into that because Toronto, I'm not ready to write Toronto or New York off just yet. And Seattle's kind of in a weird hot streak. I'm not sure how I feel about them just yet. Yeah, so, them and their 40, negative 42 run differential. Yeah, that, that really does Super not scream like a contender to me, but <laughs> somehow they've gone six and four this past 10 games and have now found themselves as the first team out of the wild card. I yeah, believe. they're only, I mean, they're, they're still three and a half. Yeah, back, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. They, they might be buyers. They might be moving. So, so with that said, the other caveat I would throw out there is, Pitching would be my number one. However, we're competing against everybody else who's a contender. And even probably some of those teams on the fringes for pitching. So I just don't think the yeah. pitching market is really going to be there. Or if it is there, you are going to give up a substantial amount. Yes. So with that said, I would target 
my my number one. We'll just jump into the number one right away. Would be a trade with Pittsburgh. Yes, because I I having looked at their system, they are three years away from being ready to almost be ready. Um, so I think really they're they're three years if everything goes their way, four to five more likely to compete. And their two all-stars in Frazier and Reynolds will not be with that team in four to five years. And those are two guys that I would definitely, definitely love to see here in Cleveland. Uh, Reynolds, you could slide into left field. Brian Reynolds, right? Yes, Brian Reynolds. I I would say you'd slide into left field, but you might say to yourself, but hey, we have a left fielder. And I'd say, yes, you are absolutely correct. We do, um, but Eddie Rosario is only here for one year. And I know, Steve, you and I have talked. Fabs, you you've, you agree when we've brought it up as well. And it almost feels like Eddie Rosario could be re-signed. Um, he's having a good, not-so-great year where maybe we can re-sign him. But I would argue that Brian Reynolds is just that hair a little bit younger that kind of fits the timetable of the Indians quote unquote window a little bit better. And you'd you'd control him for, I believe like four years, four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd be running an outfield of, well, again, in my trade scenario that I've put together, you'd probably have to give up Zimmer and Daniel Johnson and other players. But I'm thinking Daniel Johnson doesn't have the major league track record. He's still considered a, uh, one of our top 30 prospects. So that might be a little bit more enticing than trading them. Oscar Mercado, who I think will hopefully bounce back and show you that he's at least serviceable in center field. So in my hypothetical 2022 lineup, you'd have Reynolds, Mercado, and Harold Ramirez in the outfield. And that makes me excited a little bit. Because um, there's three that. guys that I think you could pencil in for, you know, uh, everyday play. And that's even with Luplo coming back and Josh Naylor coming back um, as well. True. So, so, so Brian Reynolds. Um, so, Brian Reynolds is uh, hitting three, just to put it in some perspective. Yeah. He's hitting 307 this year, 392 on base, 530 slugging, 15 homers, 46 ribbies, uh, 21 doubles, and he's a career already in three seasons, a 288, career 288 hitter. Uh, his 2020, you could pretty much just throw that out the window. Like yeah. We do with just about everybody. So his rookie unless year, it was he good. three. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless, unless it was, it was, it was, it was a good season. <laughs> then it counts. Then it counts. But we're not he, hypocritical at all. No, 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 no. We wouldn't dream of it. He hit three fourteen in his rookie season too. So yeah, the guy, the guy um, can hit no slouch, and he has yeah, enough no power. slouch. Yep. Um, yeah, and then but he's a center fielder. I mean, he's a he's an, well. He's this a year, legit. he's a center fielder. He's played left field in the past though too. He has played actually uh, even in his rookie season. He played every position in the outfield. So, every, okay. Um, in, in my in my like hypothetical, he's probably the left fielder. So, see, I would I would almost left- argue he'd be your center fielder because I have no, unlike you, I have zero confidence in 
Zimmer and Mercado being like a long-term fixture on this team. So totally. we're in desperate need of a center fielder. And I feel like he well, I think would slot in perfect. I was going to say, I think... Now imagine going into next season, let's just say in this wonderful fantasy world of ours, you go in the next season with a re-signed Eddie Rosario at, in left, Brian Reynolds in center, and then like your right field is Harold Ramirez slash Josh Naylor if he's coming back. Like, and then your bench would be... Like Jordan Luplo. A Mercado and a Luplo. Yeah, yeah. Now sign me up for that. Yeah, that would awesome. be that would be very nice. Suddenly have such too. a juicy outfield. Yeah, I mean, I'm juiced. I am juiced. There's a lot of things that we could do that you might be thinking, oh, this is kind of a little bit odd. And also, Frazier, who we haven't even touched on yet in this deal, also has some outfield playing ability. Yes. And you'd have him for this season and next, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, he is he arbitration in. eligible in 2022. Yes. So okay. you'd have him through this season, but he, but you'd run the risk of loot. Well, I mean, you wouldn't really lose him, but you'd have to probably pay him a substantial sure. increase. He would be do an increase, eligible. but then you could also, if you make that trade, trade Cesar Hernandez and get totally um, now you, so thinking about Brian Reynolds, because he is someone that I would imagine the Pirates would be fairly reluctant to like trade 100%. unless you were. I think what gets that deal done, and you can tell me if I'm insane, I think what gets that deal done is two major league players, like you had mentioned, like a Zimmer and a Daniel Johnson. And yeah. honestly, dude, you'd have to give up like Gabriel, Gabriel Arias, yep. who's a 21-year-old in AAA Fits that timeline fairly well for the Correct. Pirates. And I think like a Nolan Jones. I'm not sure I would go Nolan Jones just yet. In my mind, the package that I was coming up with that I was starting was included like a Juan Hillman type prospect. Mm-hmm. Who they probably would want is, some pitching. Yeah, who's in Akron right now. He's 23 or 24, so maybe he gets bumped up to... Um, triple a in their system because he is having a good season this year i would also include oh we had a couple of catching prospects and i know that their catchers are a little bit older right now would not be bo naylor i was gonna say we have another catching pros- no we have another catching prospect who name whose name escapes me brian lovestita mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm saying that right and then another guy that I mentioned uh, recently on an episode that uh, will hopefully air before this one, uh, but uh, Trenton Brooks, who's another outfielder, first base type prospect that um, his time is like now, mm-hmm. um, just due to age. I would try to go that route. I still feel like that's a little bit short of what they would need. Um, so maybe I'd toss in some other pitching prospect at a lower level, but that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, six, seven guys for those two. That way it frees up some roster spots so you don't have to add all these guys to the 40-man in the offseason, but it also really shores up what your big league roster looks like. Um and then, honestly, for pitching next year, I would, you know, say, okay, well, we can't possibly have all these injuries and just bank on the fact that 
Bieber, Savali, uh, Plesak don't have freak injuries. And yeah. That, and spend a guy like a JC. Like a, yeah. I would honestly be some four or five. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, he's, we've mentioned him before, but like Brad Peacock's already in the system. Like bring him back for like another year as a fifth option in the we rotation. Need like a Lance slash Lynn type. Yeah. A Lance, yes. A Lance Lynn, like just go out and get me, you know, 25 starts, you know, 130 some innings, whatever it might be. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll still have Mackenzie, Mejia, uh, Logan Allen, Quantrill, Hentges, mm-hmm. Eli Morgan, you know, we've, those are still guys that are still in the system. Um, right. And I, mean, I love that deal. And I don't think, I think you're, I think that's a good trade for both sides too. Like, I think you're, you're realistic about it. You're giving some top tier prospects. You're like you said, you're putting it on Pittsburgh's timeline, which makes sense yep. for them. Um, we have some guys, we, we get these guys for more than just the season, which is obviously important. Our offense or our outfield immediately, you know, becomes an asset instead of a liability, how it has been for sure. about a decade. And I think it's realistic for like what you're going to be giving up. You're giving some, you know, top tier guys, but you're also not selling the farm. Like you're not like, yeah, you'll, you probably have to give up Joe, like one of those guys to, to get that deal, like across the finish line. But, but I love that deal. I, Sign me up. Like if they made that, they announced it tomorrow. I'd be so jacked. Now, I will say I would be more open to trading Jones if coinciding with that move, it's leaked that Jose is re-signing like a three-year deal. Right. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. then, because then, then Nolan Jones has no spot on this roster. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta think like so like let's say Nolan Jones is the big trade piece. You you gotta think. Because like, okay, you do this deal. Like, our salary is our salary uh, for next season is still so low. Like, how can you not get a a, a Jose Ramirez extension done at that point? Like, I know yeah. you're still like, oh, we have to eye Bieber down the line, uh, but like, you're not paying for anything. You don't you don't even need to add any pieces. You can just try to fill your four and five with a you know a revamped McKenzie and then another dude. Or in a in a, break, a peacock like there hundred percent. Okay, yeah. cool. I love it. I love it. That's that's my so, number one. It's yeah, that's my my one too. Uh, Brian Reynolds. I've I've been on the Adam Fraser train for a long time, but I'm starting to think that Brian Reynolds might be more available than I initially thought. So uh, the Pirates have some real juicy uh, trade chips that. I think the Indians are in a unique and for any of these guys that we mentioned, I think the Indians are in a unique position to where they have a lot of pieces um, that they could move without like sacrifice. Kind of like the Padres have been doing where they don't, they're not unloading top, top. Yes, prospects, I was going to say, I was going to say the uh, Clevenger deal was kind of my model. I like that. That makes sense. Just some other names. We can, we'll stick on the offensive side for right now. So a couple other names that we've kind of tossed out there. I'll, th- I'll throw a couple out there that are mine. So I've been very interested in Trey Mancini with the Orioles. Mm. Um, I think what's interesting about him is that he's 29. And so he's in the midst of a you know big comeback season. I believe his uh, contract situation is that 
He's arbitration eligible uh, next year. So, you know, he, he's going to get a pretty decent pay raise, but you'd have him through next year. And the dude has quite a bit of power and is, you know, had a good career to date. He's 29, like kind of the same situation with Brian Reynolds is that like, by the time the Orioles are even like sniffing any sort of like contention window, Trey Mancini is not going to be on that team. He's almost 30. So this is the time that the Orioles are most likely going to move him off uh, to somebody else. So um, Trey Mancini is very interesting to me. He's a career, um, you know, 272 hitter, sitting 254 this year with like a 330 on base, 15 homers, 53 RBIs. But he's hit over 100 homers already in his career over just like what is essentially like um, three and a half seasons. So... Um, I don't know. I like him a lot. I think uh, I think he makes a lot of sense uh, for the Indians, um, provided that they'd be willing to like either, you know, work with him on like an arbitration deal or you know extend him a little bit. So I like Trey Mancini a lot. I know a lot of people are in the Mitch Haniger with the Mariners. Yeah, I put that one down there. <laughs> so the one thing, excuse me, about Mitch Haniger that I would think would be a tough sell. And this is only from me thinking about like the Seattle perspective is Seattle has like zero pitching. And so they're going to want a lot of pitching in return. Now you mentioned Juan Hillman, Chris. So Mm -hmm. if the Indians are in any sort of like desire, desire to like move any pitching, I could maybe see it working, but I could also see the Indians being spooked off from this current season and rash of injuries. I also don't know if the Mariners are going to do it because of them suddenly being in contention for the wild card. They may feel like they're going to try and stick it out. So I don't know. No, I think that's fair. And I think that's like kind of, I mean, that's the big question is like, because Hanniger, I think he's only signed through this season. And so it's like, where are we, you know, two weeks from now? Because this might be completely moot point. You know, we might be really far out. And if we are, then, the only thing that's happening at the trade deadline is if there are some of those guys available, maybe even a deal with the pirates uh, to shore up some stuff long-term. They're not going to do like one year rentals. That just yeah. makes no sense. Um, so I think it yeah. really, I, I think we're going to see that, how this evolves, uh, you know, as we get a little bit closer. So like post all-star break. Um, but, but yeah, so like Mitch would be like a guy you target if you're, Okay, cool. We're only three games out of the wild card. We're only four or five games back in the division. Uh, gives us some pop in the outfield, some consistency, which we've been lacking, especially with the Naylor injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's going to be the big, that's going to be the big question. I personally would rather, like, I'm still optimistic on this season, but I'm not, I, I would, I want to target some guys we can control. Like, I, I would much rather us, us uh, get get rid of some really key assets to you know do that Reynolds and Frazier package from from Pittsburgh than any you know super sexy one year one year guy because we've all you know we're still recovering from the devastation of the 2016 2017 seasons where it's like it's our time um, and you know <laughs> it's it's rough you, you want well, it's you rough, want but it would window. be rough to yeah rentals are tough I mean. Reynolds are tough because they're only there for like two months. Like Mitch Haniger would only be here for two months. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I was thinking How the same you... about like Starling Marte too with the Marlins. And he's they they were trying to rework a deal with him. I saw even just as recently as like last week. Mitch Haniger? No, Sterling Marte. Gotcha. How would you guys? Yeah, feel no, I mean, about... he's thirty-two. He's thirty-two. He's signed through this year. Like he's having a great season. He would be an interesting player. I mean, I'd love to have him on the Indians, but it's tough to uh, think about guys that would only that you would be renting for like two months and and what you'd have to give up to get that. So I don't. Th- I think. I don't think Cleveland's going to be in any position to do that. I mean, the interesting thing is there are plenty of names out there that they like would have control over for multiple seasons, potentially. So how would you feel about a guy uh, like Mancini's uh, teammate and Anthony Santander, a former Indians prospect? Yeah, I was looking at arbitration for the first year this year. I've seen his name thrown out there a little bit. So he's 26. Um, yep. He's having a down season this year. Yeah. You know, um, he's an interesting guy in that he's he's the most at best he's ever had was 380 in 2019 when he hit 261 with like 20 homers. The thing that kind of scares me off about him is that he has a career 289 on base. Um, and it's true. He, and he, and he, but again, he hasn't also had like a full season of at bats. Like he hasn't even touched 200 at bats in any other season. So he's yeah, a bit of an unknown commodity. He'll, 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 uh, he'll hit that in like a day or two though. For this <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And literally like two games. But the interesting thing about him would be that he f- sort of fits that mold of like you said team control and you wouldn't be giving up much to mm-hmm. to essentially kick the tires on him and see if there's something there and and if you like him from your scouting you could go out and get him at like a reasonable price i mean he did have in that 2019 season that you just mentioned you know 41 extra base hits almost 60 rbi and he hit 261. Uh, his on base was just under 300. I mean, again, not phenomenal, but there's yeah. something there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the guy, what, what's interesting about him is that he appears to be, without knowing too much about him, a free swinger. He doesn't walk. So this dude's, this dude's up there hacking. And Good number of strikeouts. He seems to make pretty good. What's that? Decent number of strikeouts. Not not crazy. Oh, how I got him done. Hundred percent. But yeah. yeah, you know, if you can stand the strikeouts and then also just like the the complete sort of disregard for walks, there's something there. Yeah, I would argue there's something there, and could conceivably be a fit. On the Indians. Trying to see some advanced stats on his hitting. Um, and the one that I was looking for, I cannot find. So while you're, while you're looking that up, I put a crazy one on here. And I only put this one on here in the event that, like, we catch the, so- the White Sox or we're 
you know, somehow like tied for the lead in the wild card. Cause you don't know what Shane Bieber's coming back. Uh, the no news is just making me increase, increasingly nervous as every day goes by. Uh, Max Scherzer is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I'm sure you'd have to give up some fairly good prospects to get him, but they're likely going to trade him because Washington doesn't have a good chance at the postseason right now. Um, Although do, so I think they've add, made a bit of a run. If I'm not check. mistaken, maybe I'm completely, maybe they're leading the East probably now. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the Mets are still, although the Mets have uh, fallen game, apart a bit. They're 10 games up on the East or something crazy. Yeah, right. So they're four games out right now. Washington's one game under 500. So you, you actually do make a good point. Fabs is that like, they're in a really weird spot where I, I mean, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer's 36 years old and there's no guarantee that they would want to sign him. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they are only four games, four games back, but they have to win the division because they are, they are so far behind with those uh, NL West teams. Like, that's going to be your, that's going to be your wild card is, you know, the, the two yeah. teams that finish second and 30 in L, in L West. So maybe in two and a half weeks, suddenly there's seven back trailing the Mets. It's just hard though, because they do have such good pitching on that team. If they are healthy, they have probably better overall starting pitching than the Mets with the Mets injuries. It's just like they're a pretty injured team right now. Um, but if they start to fade, I would not be shocked if Scherzer uh, could be traded. But it's going to be hard because the price is going to be so steep. You might even have a team like the White Sox. I was like, going to say, the, a team like the White Sox or the Yankees who are just going to throw caution to the wind. Right, right. Go for broke. Absolutely. Or Well, they've already I mean, been, the Yankees have already been linked to Scherzer. Okay. They've already, like, good thing with the Yankees, the they're, they're 10 and a half back. So it's like, why give up a shitload of stuff when they're further back from the wild card than the Indians are? And but they'll fur- somehow swing a deal. They would somehow swing a deal, get Scherzer by giving up, you know, like Adam Frazier or Adam Frazier, Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier, yeah, right. That's and it. then, like, somehow Frazier would end up back in New York in like a year. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> the old, much the old. like. Much like Chapman, you uh, roll this Chapman, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It would right. some, it'd be some kind of deal like that, and that was fun. That was fun. Where it's like, oh, let's trade him to the team that will play the Indians in the World Series, and then he'll knock out the Indians when he comes back to us the following year. <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. I loved it. So I was looking at some advanced stats going back to Santander, uh, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love using the weighted runs created plus. That's my sort of ultimate uh, advanced stat because what's great about that stat is that it will forever be like a set number for league average. So 100 is the league average. Mm -hmm. And essentially what it takes into account is it's the the runs created metric, but it takes into an account um, the league that you're in and your park where you play typically. So it takes puts like park effect in there. And so... Uh, the formula is, you know, mind-boggling to look at, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense when you boil it down, and then like you have essentially a, a league average number, so it just makes it very clear whether or not if if you're above 100, it's it's whatever those that number is percentage points above league average or below. So uh, Santander, interestingly enough, last year had like a 132 
which is, um, you know, obviously 32% better than league average, but he's been under league average every other season. So he, he was almost league average okay. in 2019, and this year he's about an 81. So, you know, I mean, again, not awful. Maybe we can buy him on the cheap then. There you go. So there's that, like, intriguing aspect of it. So... And the stat um, I, I found the stat more that I was looking speed. for uh, was the number of pitches seen per plate appearances, and like you said, his his walk numbers leave a lot to be desired. Uh, but you know, if he's seeing four plus pitches per at bat, is he? You know, he's not just going up there and hacking away at the first pitch. Uh, and his number was like four point two five this year. So okay. that was an encouraging number as well. So no, it, it, it might contact. be a little that the Harold Ramirez. Yes. Yes. So. All right. Um, trying to be realistic with the uh, constraints that the front office has on them too. Yeah. I mean, some of these are more fun to think about like a Max Scherzer uh, or this other, uh, this other name. Um, Joey Gallo is a fun one to think about, but it just doesn't yep. seem at all feasible that that would be the case because Joey Gallo is, I believe arbitration eligible next year. And then he's a free agent in 2023 and he is going to get paid. So yeah, dis- yeah I dis- think there's play- other teams that have been linked to him as well. Yeah. I mean, Joey Gallo is an interesting guy because he's 27 and he is about as one. He's about as like, three true outcomes as you can get. Yep. He's, he's got 105 strikeouts in two. Okay. This season, he's got 105 strikeouts and 266 at bats. And yet his on base percentage is 387 yeah. because he's got 64 walks. Like he's incredible. It's such a bizarre. Wow. How many player. homers he's got he 21, season, so. 21 homers, 48 yeah. ribbies. He he'll, you know, he's on pace for 40 homers and a hundred RBIs. Uh, like, like two hundred and like what fifty to two hundred and ninety strikeouts, and like a hundred. I don't some think walks. he's ever had that many strikeouts on a season. Yeah, but dude, he's on pace this year. He might this year. So he had two hundred and seven strikeouts in twenty eighteen and five hundred at bats. He's got a hundred and five already in two sixty six eighty games. So he'll be over two hundred. But I could see him conceive, I guess, 300 would be insane. But I guess like 220, 225? 225. 220. I will give you that number 100%. But he's, he's also a gold glove winner. I mean, that's the thing, man. He's it's a, he's an in, I w- I'm very curious as to what Joey Gallo will get paid. I, I would love he, to know what teams are going to value him at. So what's he making this year? I think Scott Boris is his uh, agent, too, which mm. is always fun. So. He is making six point two this year. I have another. I have a comp for him that I think might. Is it Adam Dunn? No, it's not Adam Dunn. It's a little bit more of a contemporary of his. Okay. So I could see him probably getting in the twenties. Yeah, I, I would. I would absolutely think that he would. 
I'd be interested to know like what I just he's so fascinating to me. I'm like I don't know why I'm like weirdly. So I've I've always liked Jimmy Gallo. Yeah, the name that kind of came to my mind, and I know he's more of a platoon player for his career, was Jock Peterson. Oh yeah, okay. Okay. Jock Peterson got a one year seven million dollar deal with the Cubs, Um, but that was post pandemic. Yes. Yes. So Jock Peterson's a free agent after this year. year. Yes, he is. He sent a one-year deal. That was smart. He's really, he's really not hitting well. So, two twenty-one on base of seven homers, two ninety-three and slugging four hundred eight. But if you go back to like his two thousand fifteen season, which was when he was more of a full oh. Can even make the argument that in nineteen and eighteen he was also a full time player and he was in about two fifty. So I mean, Joey. Okay, so Joey Gallo. I mean, he's going to get twenty some million. Like, I, I don't think that's any any question because the guys um, hit the guys hit forty homers twice and he's going to do it again. Yeah, this I was going to say the forty home runs kind of puts him into that next category over Peterson. Angels. Oh my god, dude. That is that like, really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that absolutely that, tracks. That, that does. Um, he's gonna get paid twenty five million dollars like a year. Yeah, and and like yeah. his career will fall off a cliff like immediately. And is get, there any way that they can sign deal. Gallo and Jock Peterson and their outfield is Mike Trout? Jock Mike Trout in center, Jock Peterson in left, Joey Gallo in right, Otani like shifts. What Rendon? Well, Rendon would be at third base still. Rendon. And um, Gallo can play first to replace Pujols. I think they still have Justin Upton signed. Yeah. Too, so you're looking at like this right. just pure insanity. And they Gallo is 6'5", so that makes a lot no. of sense. <laughs> That, um, I could see both those guys going to LA for the, yeah. to the Angels somehow. Yeah. If the Angels somehow. were smart, like, if the Angels were smart, it. we're gonna just be okay. So if the Angels were smart, they would honestly trade like Rendon and uh, like Joe Adele for just like whatever pitching they could get right now. So yeah, like, well, that would be a smart move. And then in I the offseason, you get a Gallo. Yes. Like like eat a ton of like Rendon's man. deal and just be like, I sorry we signed him to a seven year deal, like we'll pay for it, but we want pitching. Dude, I they would, saw uh, Disney I would mon- take they saw that. Disney money coming in from Angels in the outfield. Those residual checks. Oh yeah, those residuals. I think those are, are like, drying, those are drying up. I mean, but they, they might still get like two ten. They can all that dollars and ten cents. Josh Hamilton. They can meet Indians with that for Rendon. What pitchers would you give up for Rendon? If they're like, we're going to eat of the remaining six years of Rendon's contract, we're going to eat four of it. What? So, what pitching are you giving them? Probably none, because I, I like mean, Jose too much. Yeah, I would say probably. I would say it wouldn't well, be worth shift it. Jose or shift Rendon somewhere. I don't know if Rendon has played any other positions. I was going to say I don't, I don't know do if it. Rendon can move. Yeah, I wouldn't do it, man. I really, really wouldn't. I. I this season alone has been like we need to pump the brakes on trading any pitching. 
<laughs> like, there's just no way. Give, we need to, like, uh, try and keep it as intact as possible for the time being. Would, what if they're like, we'll do a Logan Allen straight up? I well, see. Well, hey, Randone has world, played yes. second base <laughs> yes. a little bit. In this amazing fantasy world you've concocted, then yeah. We really like great. Logan Allen's stuff. He's got intangibles, man. Randone has so, 170 games at second base throughout his career. <laughs> Your new second base. But he is sporting a 240 batting average on this season. As always, the Angels seem to know exactly when to pick up a guy when he's like about <laughs> to turn his career. Jesus Christ. They're so, it's like impossible how bad they are at that. I I would I feel so bad for Angels fans. I mean, not really because they won the World Series like eight nineteen years ago. But and they have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. It, so it's it, yeah. So like, but but you're also wasting like generational talents. Just yes. just pooping it all down the drain. It's literally like we have Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth, and uh, but we surrounded them with like the worst pitching that's existed, and like yeah, a right. bunch of old guys. <laughs> We they just sent, we went out to an adult softball league, and we found this like really promising third baseman, and he is now our everyday first baseman. Oh God! And we gave him two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, it's like anyway, let's get, uh, 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 Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth, and put them on like the Manny Act, the Cleveland Indians, and like let's see what happens. <laughs> <Right. Cool. laughs> or those Tiger teams that. Like the Jeremy Bonderman years when they yes. uh, like lost like a hundred games in a row, like like a uh, hundred games Four like five years in a row. Yeah, yeah, it was something <laughs> crazy. So a couple other uh, offensive names thrown out there. Uh, one would be nearly impossible because you'd be getting him from Detroit. Robbie Grossman, I, I think, would fit in nicely with the Indians. He signed through next year, so. I don't even know like how you'd swing it because it's in division, but I, I, Tigers are I going nowhere. But I think that's the problem. I don't think you swing it because it's in division, right? I I would love it, but and it, he would be a good fit. He's an on base machine, but yeah, probably wouldn't work. Robbie Grossman, I like a lot, and then Chris, you threw out Adam Duvall from Miami, right? Yeah, yeah, old Cincinnati um, name, old Cincinnati name, kind of in that Joey. Gallo mold of uh, a lot of pop. Um, I honestly don't know what his contract looks like, but I know that the Marlins are um, looking looking to uh, probably shake some things up. And Duvall is he's got a a one year five million dollar deal this year and a mutual option for next. Um, yeah, it's going to turn thirty three towards the end of the season. Always kind of liked this game while he was in Cincinnati, and he had that nice uh, that first season in Atlanta was really nice too. But um, he's hitting you know two thirty this year, nineteen homers, sixty RBI, um, on base of two seventy seven. Yeah. So right. yeah, um, I don't know. He just kind of fit that mold, it seemed like, of who's a team that's out of contention, who might have a piece to ship off, and Adam Duvall was the zero in target. So I don't think it would cost a lot to get him, um, and you'd have him for next year conceivably, but I, it, yeah. I don't think it would get the general fan base 
800. Uh, no, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those ones where it's interesting because like the way the offense is going, you almost, I mean, yeah, it's one of those like sort of ones where it's just like, we're just going to kick, we're just going to see what happens with this. Yeah. Um, it's not really one where like you're going to expect too much from it or, or like even like keeping up it. It would be like a rental, but one where it's just like, hey, if something were to happen, cool. It, it almost kind of feels like it would be uh, part two of the um, Jay Bruce. Right, yes. It'd kind of be like right. a Jay Bruce type of move. Yeah. And weirdly, like offensively, I don't I don't even... I mean, it, I think if you're going to do an offensive target, it's got to be for like multiple years of control in the outfield. 100%. Like that's that's the only 100%. thing that makes any sense. Uh, you're I mean, you're you me a guide. I mean, unless you get like some insane deal, you know, second base. But like your infield's pretty much locked up. You're locked up a catcher, and I, I, you got to think pitching is that's the short term answer. And I mean, I like I like one. I think Steve put it in here, so I'll let him say it. Uh, but I I love this one pitching idea you have. Give me a hint of which one you like. Oh oh the oh the the. The Cubbies. Yeah. Is that the one? uh, Okay. So knowing that the Cubs have like completely fallen off a cliff, the, I I started to look a little more seriously at, at the options uh, from the impending fire sale. And the name that sticks out to me as like, if I were to, if I were to, cause I I think you're, I think you're, you're right. Fabs is that like barring, barring some like amazing deal. I don't think like making much of a move on offense is going to, like a Brian Reynolds or an Adam Frazier, like some of these other names, it seems to be more of like a lateral move more than anything mm-hmm. else that I don't know if the Indians would even really consider it given the wonderfully nice surprise that the offense has been, especially with like a guy like Harold Ramirez who like for all intents and purposes would be much, I'd stick him. I'd stick with him over some of these sort of fringe guys that you were, that we're talking about as rental options. So I started to put more of my sights on pitching because obviously it's desperately needed, but thinking in terms of now plus like the future. So if I were to break the bank and say, we're going to, we're going to go for one move and we're going to, you know, have to unload some prospects for it out of necessity. Kyle Hendricks, uh, a name that sounds like nails on a chalkboard to Indians fans from five years ago, um, he signed through 2024. So he's making $14 million the next three years. And then he's got a $16 million vesting option in, uh, 2024. Um, you know, if he finishes like top three in the 2020 Cy Young, voting which uh did not happen so there's some sort of buyout thing i'm looking at his contract not making much sense to me at the moment however he's signed through 2024 that's all you need to know so um he's making like 16 million dollars which like he'll be 34 and for a guy who has a career era of like 318 that seems to me like a huge bargain. If you were to sign him to be like your fourth starter, that's the veteran that you'd be looking for. 
right? Like that's the guy yep. that you're asking to come in and be the solidifying veteran presence, making like a decent amount of money, but not enough to where like it breaks the bank and 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 kills you if like it doesn't work out for one of those years. Like like if you get two seasons out of him and it's legit, you're in a good spot. Uh, but um, I don't know. It just seems like it's really staring you in the face now, given the Cubs like are definitely going to be sellers. Yeah. I mean, it makes sure get them to age 34 season. Right. Which isn't too bad. It makes a lot of sense short term to help them further tread water until hopefully you get the whole gang back together. And then you have four really legitimate starting pitchers, but then going into next season, then you're, then you're, you're solving for one one pitching spot, and it's likely going. The answer is likely going to be Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, I mean, if you were to go into, if you were to go into next season with your rotation of Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savali, Kyle Hendricks, and then it could be Eli Morgan, it could be Tristan McKenzie, it could be Jason Brad Mejia. Peacock. I mean, it could be uh, JC Mejia. I don't, that just seems, I mean, you're, you're, you're giving your, like, that makes you excited for next season while also telling yourselves and the fans, like, we're going to still try and make a run this year and it may not shake out, but like this guy has, we've got him locked up for two more seasons during like what is about to become like potentially our window here. And Hendricks for a guy who has pitched eight seasons now has never had a, a, a ERA over four. That and in this day and age, I'm like sort of shocked by that. I did not realize sort of the stretch he's had in the in his career. Like it's it's damn good. Um, and you look and at I, it too. The other stat, Steve, that I'm looking at right now is innings pitched. If you get him to 30 yes. games, which he's on pace for, the man will eat up innings. He's going to get you to that 175, 180 mark, no problem. The really, the only season was the 2017 season. He only had 24 starts, but he still had like 140 innings. Yeah. So, you know, tack on six more games, and he's probably going to get you those extra 40 innings. He's exactly the guy we were talking about. The yeah. veteran who eats up innings. Yeah. Goes out there. That Lance Lynn type. Yeah. This would be the guy. This this would be... I've been big on... I've I've come around pretty big on like Brian Reynolds. And I've come around... And I've always wanted um, uh, Adam Frazier and, and packaging that in a deal with like Tyler Anderson or with the Pirates. I think that is a really feasible option. But like just knowing that the Cubs are just like dumping everything and like he's 31... So like he has no bearing on their future plans and he's going to be moved. Why don't you make that deal? I mean, you're going to have to give up a lot, like a shit ton, but I don't know if you were to pick a move that would break the bank. That like seems at least like somewhat realistic. That seems to be one to me. Though from the Cubs perspective, they have him under team control for Conceivably, three more years. They do. So, is there thinking? Is there thinking? Pull that up, man. Yes, prob, prob, I will say yes. Pro, more than likely, I, I agree. 
just playing devil's advocate, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I don't know too much about their system. So I really don't it's think... In di- I think they, it's in pretty dire straits. I was going to say, I, I thought they've kind of mortgaged it for this run. I think the Cubs are in some serious trouble, and I feel so, like they're going to have to unload everything. That The consensus seems to be that the Cubs are about to enter. Like Unless they were to just move everything right now and have like the big Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, yeah. Contreras, and I mean, best-case scenario for them is they trade all those guys, get a bunch of double-A dudes. And you're back who, in like two to three years. And you're back in like two years, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you 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 have to. I mean, it's, you know, probably painful, but I mean, I'm sure the afterglow of the World Series five years ago will be just just fine. So... It makes you... After it, that it, drought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It, it's smart, they but it's smart. For a long it's, the, time. the run's over. I mean, the ride's over, you know? Time to move on. They've and got that of- uh, Adbert Alzale, who's a good building block in the staff. But yeah, other than that, it's like. And that's the good organizations that can like, I mean, it sucks because you want, especially when you have a great memory, like, you know, breaking a 108 year curse or, you know, getting to the 2016 World Series and almost winning it. Like you want to keep that band together because it's just like, it's awesome. It's it's really fond memories because maybe we can you know do it one more time, but it's you know it's the good organizations that can see the writing on the wall and start making those tough decisions. And that's that's why fans aren't in charge of these teams, or we'd still have Corey Kluber injured, Trevor Bauer being investigated, Clevenger <laughs> out, Clevenger out, Carrasco out. So we'd be in a pretty basically similar be in the spot. same situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> probably be, worse though if you think about all the guys we have in, yeah. in, the, in the lineup you know who oh yeah our yeah. lineup would be disgusting because yeah we wouldn't have friend mel uh yeah it'd be bad we yeah we would have we would have hung on to jason kipnis as much as i love him he'd still be he'd still be here um is he even who, playing minor league ball right now yeah he's with i think he's with the Gwinnett. Uh, team triple A. I, like, uh, I saw that there. earlier. Yeah. I saw that earlier, but then I saw some other things where I was like, I need to look in to see if he's even. I believe play. he is. I saw some gamers, uh, from okay. like a week ago that he had like okay. hit a double or something. So yeah, he's still around. So a uh, couple other, the only, the, so the other, other pitching name that I have out there, and I'll throw the, have you, Chris, throw your couple out there, but yeah. uh, the only other name I had out there was Kyle Gibson from the Rangers as well. I think he would be. Um, like another guy that you could potentially target um, if you were to, you know, really try to go out there and find someone. But he is 33, and he doesn't have the same track record as, like, a Kyle Hendricks, and he's actually had, like, a fairly spotty career, but he's got, like, a sub-two ERA this year, and he is signed, I believe, through... 2022 making like nearly eight million dollars so if the rangers were to like eat all eat a lot of that i could see gibson being like a guy that you'd bring on but again he doesn't have the same track record so if i had to choose kyle Hendricks, it's sort of like at the top of my list if the Mm -hmm. cubs were willing to play ball on that but um but yeah so that was the other name i know chris you have a couple others i do um and one of them is 
injured that last time I checked uh, in John Gray, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. The Rockies are going absolutely positively nowhere. The so, um, so that's exciting. Well, the, the, there is that. Yeah. So they'll have three fun days of watching uh, Otani do his thing. Well, really only two. So I think he could be had. Um, but again, he's a free agent. And I mean, if you could work out something where you lock him up for a few years, I mean, he will be 30 this off season. That'd be cool. But he's signed uh, a $6 million deal and pitching relatively well this year. So I can imagine that number very much, very much ballooning because they'll just say, hey, half my numbers came in uh, Colorado. Let me show you what I can really do. A teammate of his that I think is less likely is uh, Jermon Marquez. He's probably not going anywhere, but boy, I think the Rockies could get a haul if they decided to trade him. Um, So I included him on my list just for those purposes. And then the last guy I had was uh, Merle Kelly from the Diamondbacks. A little bit older, um, you know, didn't break into the bigs until his age 30 season. So um, he is slated to turn 33 uh, this off season, but he is under team control for uh, the next three seasons. He's kind of that poor man, Kyle Hendricks, when it comes to some of those stats that we were talking about with like innings pitched, the ERA is closer to four and a half. So hence the poor man's label I gave him, but um, the Rockies are going nowhere. Or, sorry, Diamondbacks are also going nowhere. Yes. And <laughs> as they both are. Yeah. As they both are. Um, yes. And I, I think, and he's been linked to a number of different teams already that the Diamondbacks are probably going to be um, trying to sell off the few assets that they have because. Uh, that's a team where I, I try to find. I was trying to find trade targets on that roster, and it was tough. Yeah, it was. Really Diamondbacks tough. are in rough, rough shape. So, I think a guy who's got some team control, who's you know going to be thirty three, could be had for some small package. He's an he's an interesting guy in that he made his major league debut at thirty. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that about him. That's very interesting because I was looking at his I was looking at his numbers. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, so he's signed through twenty twenty two with an option. He's arbitration eligible, eligible like starting in twenty twenty two. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's like thirty three. Like, yeah. super strange. I, I can't remember what his story is, but I yeah, he must have been in the minors forever. I would guess. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, he had a good 2020, you know, in five starts. So sure. I don't know. I don't know Again, how we can't look at the 2020 numbers unless it was for Jose Ramirez and how he should Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one that counts. But yeah. So, Him and Jose. Right. Are you. Right. Exactly. So yeah, no, Merrill Kelly, I, you know, given that I uh, own him on a fantasy team or two, I, uh, it's serviceable. It, it just depends yes. on what the Indians are. 
it just depends on what the Indians are, how they're viewing it. Is like, do we go for a serviceable outfielder like Adam Duvall or a Merrill Kelly in the rotation, or do we say, "F it, we know we're, we're we're pleasantly surprised with what we're getting out of what we currently have, given the injuries and everything, and and where we feel we might be in the future." Do we go for broke, and do we uh, go for a big trade like Brian Reynolds or a big trade like Kyle Hendricks? I find that to be a compelling sort of like str- like internal struggle they might be having. So 100%. it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be super I interesting. Hope they Hopefully. go for broke personally. I mean, I'm hoping that too because you know I've always got that one eye in the future, and like some of these names have like a significant would be significant contributors to the next two to three seasons. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do is stay in contention. I mean, this is, this was supposed to be just the fun show me year anyway. And the fact that we're even talking about this way, you know what I mean? Is exciting. So hopefully that gets you a little amped up for, uh, for the trade deadline that gives you a little primer. We'll, we'll come back with some more, detailed discussion on it depending on uh how the indians are uh are doing at that point so and it may end up being more of a baseball wide thing we'll see but uh that gives you a few names to look out for you know as we get closer to the end of july trades are going to be coming fast and furious probably uh well maybe not because there aren't going to be that many teams out of it so maybe one of those years where it's a little tight but we'll see but for now that does it so we're gonna get the hell out of here follow us on social at calpino pod And uh, we'll talk to you guys later.